I'm going to open up in prayer because the word that God gave me this week was also for me. And I'm and my prayer is that it'll it'll meet your needs. Lord Jesus, tonight I praise you. I give you honor and glory, Lord, tonight. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit be here. Calm the storm, Lord. We come against any distraction and take authority over it now. In the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Lord, I ask right now, Lord, that you will anoint my lips. Lord, anoint the words that you have given me. No more, no less. I am your handmaiden. I am your servant. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this privilege. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, praise God. I am so glad that all of you are here, especially all of you young people in this generation, because we're knit together. Because in heaven, it's going to be all of us. So I have a word that God spoke to my heart this week, and it's rest. Now, how many of you have ever been really, really tired? Okay, so tired that you can't lift up your head. So tired that your, your thinking is fuzzy. Do you ever get to class and you've not, you can't think? You know, that first period, the bell rings and the teacher starts doing this. What's it sound like? Blah, 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 blah. Because I'd rather be asleep than there. Well, you know, what does it really mean for me to rest? God rested. Did you know God rested? Okay, so... Did God take a nap, crawl under the covers? What did he do? And, you know, really, what did he have to rest from? And he sets a pattern. He sets a plan for us. When it says that God rested, we need to know that we're to rest. So God rested. So Genesis is the first book of the Bible. And that first book of the Bible is really awesome because in Genesis 1-1, it says, in the beginning. Oh, you mean it was a baseball game? The big inning? No, in the beginning. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, you know, for six days, he was kind of busy. And, you know, we don't know that it was like 24 hours or if these days were long. But it took six days to create the heavens and the earth and all that was in it. And, you know, he spoke it. He spoke things into being. Except for when he got to man. And he kind of did a cool thing with that. You know, who, do you guys know who the first man is? And you know what Adam means? Red dirt. So God took and made man out of dirt. So he had a lot of work that he did, so now he has to rest. And the Bible, and I love the Bible, I love Pastor Paul's word this morning, that is the book that your life has to live by. And, you know, you guys can get on your Bibles. You guys can do that. I mean, this older generation, we have to have the large print. I do the large print on my phone, you know, so I can see it. I like to listen to it. And you guys can put those things on your phones and listen to it and read it. But that is what you need is the word. So Genesis 2.2, and this is the New King James Version. And the difference with that is it doesn't have the these and thous, because not everybody understands these and thous. So, and on the seventh day... God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. So what did he just finish doing? He finished creating the heavens and the earth, and he created man and woman. And then Genesis 2, 3, 
Then God blessed the seventh day, and he sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Well, you know, there's a big word in there, sanctified. Now, a lot of us adults understand that very easily, but sanctified means he set it apart. That means he set the seventh day apart for rest. So in our society, in what we live in, is everything open on Sundays? A lot of things are open on Sundays, except for, praise God, Chick-fil-A over there. You know, because God said we need to rest. So when you guys get done with your school week, do you guys rest? You try, but do you have chores to do on Saturday? And then do you have things that you end up doing on Sunday? So where do you find rest? And if you don't get enough sleep, what happens? I get grumpy. I just plain get grumpy. You can ask Papa Jim. Well, maybe not right now, but... Okay. So what God rested from was what he created. So what do you need to rest from? What is it that you need to rest from? You know, some people are retired, but, you know, you can get really busy when you're not working. Do you know, I feel like sometimes I've been busier not working than when I was working. And God has been speaking to Miss Mindy that I need to rest. And I haven't always listened like I should. So what is it that you need to rest from? I know Sister Deidre needs to rest from some things. Pastor needs to rest from some things. All of us have to rest. And we have to listen to that principle, that thing that God says we need to do. So what is rest? It's not really just sleeping. What is it? Taking a break. Well, and here's how it's defined. If you look up, I like the hammock in the ocean. That, that would be where I would rest. So what it says when you look in the dictionary is it is a ceasing work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. And here's the, the example. He needed to rest after the feverish activity. Okay, do you guys know what squirrel is? Squirrel. Squirrel. What do they do? Zoom. Where'd he go? There's a squirrel. What do you do sometimes when you think of things? It's like when you're sitting, especially kids or somebody like me, that's always like wanting to run around and do things, and oh, I gotta do this, and I call that a squirrel. Well, sometimes I think God wants to take that squirrel by the tail, because his word says, and now this is hard for me, it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. Okay? So how many of you can not even fidget and be still? Even adults, can you be still? I can't be still. I have trouble being still. And God has to remind me to quiet myself and be still. And it's not just being still physically. It's being still in your mind. Because, okay, I can sit there and go, okay, I'm just sitting still. I'm not doing anything. Oh, but my mind's thinking about chocolate, Legos, grandkids. Uh, maybe I should go put some laundry in the washer. Maybe I should do this. So am I really being still? But what, was, what does God's word tell me to do? It says be still. 
That's part of rest. And we don't do that. And we have to listen. So other definitions, and this is a big wordy definition, but it's kind of cool because I had to go look up one of the words because when I read something and there's another word, I go, hmm, what does that one mean? So another definition is it is a quiet repose, a state free from motion or disturbance, a state of reconciliation to God. So when I looked up the word repose, it means to sit still. Now, I already said be still, but it's, it's totally still. And the definition or the example it gave was um, in France, they have this museum called the Lou. Well, they have a diamond that sits there in this glass case, doesn't move, doesn't do anything, and it says it sits in repose. So that big word repose means it sits still. It doesn't go anywhere. It's in its place and position that it's supposed to be. So it's real important for us when we're still to be sitting in that position, in that place that God wants us to be. Now, when I rest, I can sleep. And I already kind of talked about this. I can sleep, but my mind is still going. And, you know, I was, I was out at the lake at a women's retreat, and I was praying. I got up in the morning, and all of a sudden God showed me some things. And he wants us to rest in who we are. And man is made up of three parts. Not your head, arms, and legs, but your body, your soul, and your spirit. There's a body, that's your flesh. The soul, that's kind of that personality, that stuff, that other part of you. And then the spirit man is what we talk to God with. So in our body... Do you think Jesus got tired? He did. Because was not Jesus a man? He came to earth and he was flesh. So he got tired. So John 4, 6 says, And at Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. So, you know, six o'clock. It had been a long day. He had been weary. He had been walking. Because, you know, they didn't have Uber, they didn't have taxis, actually, they didn't do a lot of even horse, I don't think. They did a lot of foot. They got, you know, they walked across, like, from here to the north side of Springfield. So all day, I'm on a journey, I'm going to go up to the north side and walk. Well, he was tired. And he needed rest. And then in Mark 4.38, Jesus himself was in the stern, which is part of a boat, asleep on a cushion, and they woke him up and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So there's this storm that came up, and where was Jesus? He was resting. But he was resting enough that that storm didn't bother him. He was in a place of rest that things didn't bother him. He was like, I'm on a cushion, and I'm getting physical rest. But he was the Son of God, and he was getting that spiritual rest and that soul rest. He was in a very rested place. So that's our body. And then I like this little picture of this lion because he's kind of laid back and he's like, okay, give me some rest. So I was like, okay, if I preach this, is everybody going to fall asleep? Because I'm talking about rest, rest. But there's more to it. So in Psalm 4.8, it says, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So in peace... So now I'm not just going to physically rest, but I'm going to lay my head down 
and know that I have Jesus, that I have Jesus, and that peace is what helps me to sleep all night. It takes away the bad dreams. It takes away the anxiety. You have to have that peace that only Jesus can give. And it says, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. He's the only one. So the other part of the body, it's physical. So I think of my body as physical. Do you know that the earth rests? Do you know the earth rest? It's seasons. What's summer? It's the heat. What's fall? It's the leaves. It's cold and fall. So the plants have to rest. Things have to rest. And there are seasons that things rest in. And do you know that even in tropical, like in Samoa where we go, do you know they have seasons? They don't have snow. They don't have the leaves that change colors. But do you know that those plants cycle? I can't buy cocoa, the cocoa beans off the tree, except for in certain seasons. And I can't get pineapple except for in certain seasons. So there are seasons because the earth rests. And in Judges, in the book of Judges, it talks a whole lot about rest. And there were like periods of like 80 years and 40 years. I'm like, wow, that's a long nap. Not really, but... There are periods of rest. And, and why do I rest? You guys know why you rest? If you didn't get any sleep, what would happen to you? You'd, you'd crash. You'd, you'd crash and burn. You wouldn't have strength. Because when the word says in it, you get strength when you rest. And if we don't rest, we don't have strength. So then we're really not good to anybody. We're not good to ourselves, and we're not good to anybody else. I mean, if I don't get enough sleep, just stay out of my way, because I'm not going to get anything accomplished, because it's going to be grumpy and draggy all day. But that's the same in the spiritual realm. So then we talk about the soul. Remember, that's that soul man. That's deeper. That's more. It's not just me needing a nap and laying my head on the pillow. Okay? So Matthew, and I love this scripture. This is one of my favorites. Jesus says this, and I want you to know who Jesus is. I want you to understand that he's real. He's alive. And what he did for you and me, you guys, he came as a baby. He came as a baby, and he grew up, and he died on the cross for my sins, for my stuff that I do and where I fail. And he rose again. And because I believe in him, I can do what this verse says. It says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's saying, come. He's saying, come to me. Come to me for you that are weary and heavy laden. You know what heavy laden means? It means you've got too much stuff. You're carrying too much stuff on your shoulders, too much stuff on your heart. It's those things that you think of, and it's like, I can't do this anymore. And you're like, oh, but I'm worried about the bills. Oh, but God, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about oh, my dog. I'm worried about the color of the house, or, oh, it's dirty, and I need to do dishes. It's that. And then you know what? I put that one thing on, and I put the next one on, and pretty soon you've got this whole bundle of stuff on your shoulders. And God says, Jesus says, Come to me, you who are heavy, weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then he says something that's interesting, because we don't have yokes now. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So back in biblical times, and even I saw them growing up, a yoke is this big wooden thing that hooks two oxen together. Oxen are like cows, and they used to like plow the fields. If you ever watch Little House on the Prairie, you'll see what an oxen looks like. Well, that yoke is it hooks the two animals together, but what happens is the one animal, if it's pulling, the other one's not. And Jesus is saying, come alongside me. Let me lead you and let me carry that burden so then you're not fighting against it. Do you ever see those two, those two oxen? And they'll do that, and you'll, you'll watch them do it. Um, when I was growing up as a kid, I got to see one in Kentucky. Um, my granddaddy had one, and it was a sled. And they'd hook these two oxen up to this big, big wood thing. Not in the wintertime, in the summertime. And they pull this thing across the fields with hay bales on it. Well, if I were... Okay, Walter and William, come up here. I'm going to give you guys an example. Okay, here's oxen one. Here's oxen two. Okay, now, picture a big piece of wood across here. Okay, now, here's Jesus, and he's all laid back, and he's going to be easy, easy to walk with. But here I am. I'm pushing ahead. Push ahead, Walter. Well, he's carrying all the load because now come back here. But what's happened is if you let Jesus bring it, he says, my yoke is easy. And you know what? Then these two are going to walk gently back because now Jesus is leading, and it's gentle. It's a gentle flow. It's not that fighting. You're not fighting what God has for you. So that's part of resting your soul. And then Psalm 23, and we did this a couple years ago in our Sunday school class. I love Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Then... In verse 2 and 3, it says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know what? Those sheep, they get kind of crazy. Sheep are crazy. They're like us. And, and they're all over the place. But here comes Jesus. Here comes the shepherd. And he says, come on, guys. Let's go this way. And, you know, they know the shepherd's voice, and they follow him. So pretty soon, here they are. And, you know, he didn't take them by the rapids. He didn't take them by the rushing river or down at Table Rock Dam. He took them to the still waters, to the quiet, to the peace. Because it was time for them to, like, lay in that hammock and be, like, really laid back and rest. Because he wanted them to be quiet. Again, we go back to be still and know that I am Lord. So then in that quiet time and in that place, he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness. Now I want you to look at that word restores. If you underline R-E-S-T in the word restores, what is that? Rest. He wants us to rest. And we get so busy that we don't. I mean, that's been something that I've struggled with, and I think I've struggled with it all my life. Because why do I work so hard? And what is the purpose? You know, is it to make money? Is it to have things? Or is it because you want somebody to notice you or have attention? What really is the reason that you're doing what you do? 
And if we will do what we do unto the Lord, he said, on the seventh day, I rested. So if we're doing it unto the Lord, we have to know that there is that place of rest. There is that season of rest. You know, we can get too busy doing ministry. I wore myself out this year and didn't realize it until it hit me. And I was busy trying to do good stuff. You know, you want to be there for people. You know, you want to be there when people are sick. You want to be there when people need prayer. You want to be there if somebody needs groceries. I want to be there on Wednesday nights with you guys and cook. Because I love you. I want to be there. But you know what? I didn't rest. Because I kept going and going and going. And God's like, you got to stop. You got to rest. You got to rest. And we have to allow people to rest. You have to allow people to take that nap in the spiritual realm. Because if I don't let you take a nap, if you don't get your afternoon nap, what's going to happen? You're grumpy. Or you're not going to be able to stay awake. So you're not going to be alert and awake. And if I'm not alert and awake, what happens? That's when you get into trouble. Yeah, lots of things. If David wasn't alert and awake when he was taking care of those sheep, he'd have been lunch for some bear or lion already. So then we have to rest in the spirit. So we've rested in our body. We've rested in our soul. Now our spirit man. Now our spirit man is what talks to God. You know? When you guys talk to God, and it's like, God, you know that, that there's a part of you inside that if you don't know Jesus, it cries out for God. It cries out. If there's something inside of you that feels like, I need something different and I don't know what it is, that's Jesus. Jesus is the spirit that communes, that talks to. But you have to rest so it's real interesting because rest is the opposite of work or striving. It's found in a relationship with God through Jesus. You rest in him. If I'm resting in Jesus, I'll have peace, joy, healing, and provision. Because Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Well, wow, Sister Mindy, what's all that stuff mean? You know, what that means is... I have to have that relationship with Jesus. Because what's the opposite of peace? Huh? The opposite of peace, there's no joy. It's chaos. If I didn't have peace in my life, I'd have chaos. I wouldn't feel right about things. What's the opposite of joy? Your anger. And then sickness. So if I don't rest, you can get sick. But I can get sick in my spirit. And what does that mean? That means that when God says rest, I don't just take a nap. I don't just trust in him with this come unto, un, unto him. But he wants me to rest no matter. And I loved it when we taught um, Sunday school. One of the kids put love God no matter. Rest in God no matter. What does that mean? That means that I heard a testimony this weekend. And this lady, wow. But she's resting in God, and she's resting in her spirit. She shared that she had a daughter that had been on drugs. Methamphetamine, real bad deal, about 40 years old. Then she had a grandson that was having some issues. Her grandson fell out of the eight-story building and died. Then the great-grandson, a child died. And she's sharing this, like, and not for anybody to feel sorry for her, but so that people knew 
that she could rest in where God had her, that he that she could trust God no matter. And one of the things that that she then shared was that daughter that was on drugs died. And she didn't know. She said she would go to church, she'd come back from church. She'd go to church, then she'd turn away and get back into drugs. She'd come back to church and come back. And at the funeral, her um, brother came up to her and said, Sis, I need you to know she was in church two weeks before this car accident. It wasn't drugs that killed her, it was a car accident. And said, two weeks before that accident, Sis, she came back to church and rededicated her life to the Lord so we know where she's at and we can rest in that so spiritual rest is just as important as body and soul and now my little slide turns so we'll go to the next slide and i like this one and I, i'm going to read it off well i can kind of see it there make it bigger it's hard smaller on there than it is there i found this kind of searching in why do we rest we rest because he is god we rest because he is here. We rest because he will hold you together. And we rest because you need, yes, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Lay it down before you fall down. So that means don't carry it. Quit carrying it. Take that. Let him do it. Let him do it. Now, sometimes when you rest, and we kind of did it, you know, our God is a strong tower and a refuge. He is our refuge. But what, what, what he wants us to do is spend time with him. And that's time spent, what I call, in the secret place. And a lot of you have seen the shows, you know, the secret garden, and there's a secret place. But there's a secret place in God. And it's Psalm 91. So I'm going to encourage you guys, go home and read Psalm 91, because it's a powerful psalm. And psalms are what David wrote. And who's David? David and Goliath and King David. So I'm going to read a couple of the verses just so you understand that secret place because I can rest when I'm in that secret place. Do you guys ever have places that you want to go to? I mean, you might go in the deer woods, Pastor. That could be your secret place. You know, Deidre is your vehicle. Mine used to be my little red bug when I drive. That was my quiet, I could just kind of focus on Jesus. Or my scrapbook room, and people know me know that's my secret place. But when I go to that secret place, what I'm doing is I'm saying, I'm trusting you, God. And it says, he who dwells in the shadow of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from deadly pestilence. And he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. And some things say, under his wings, pinions or wings. You guys ever look at eagles? You guys been to Wonder, not Wonders of Wildlife, but the zoo or where they brought the eagles into the class? So, man, that wingspan, there's some shadow there, Right? So what that says is I'm under that shadow, and I'm in that secret place, and I can say, God, I know you're here. I don't feel good right now. I'm tired. I'm worn out, and I can't do this anymore. Do you guys ever feel like that? I have felt like that. 
on more than one occasion. But what do I do? I go to his word and I read that Psalms and it says, I am under the shadow of his wings. He is with me. He is with me. And he's with me. He's my refuge. And it says he's a shield and a bulwark. Well, a bulwark is actually a, a piece of, um, I got to think of it. It's a padding when they have, when they have um, armor on. A bulwark is here. And what it does is it keeps you from the fight. It protects you. He's your, your, he's your shield. So again, in the secret place, and I love David because David understood who God was. He understood Jesus. I mean, he did. He understood who God was and what he did for us. So in Psalm 62, 1 and 2, it says, My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. He is he is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold, and I shall not be greatly shaken. Wow. That's a mouthful, but you know what that means? That means no matter what, no matter what, I am not going to be shaken. I'm unshakable. I'm standing. I'm standing in that rest, and I know that God has it. I know that he has it no matter. If my bank account's not full, he's got it. If I'm sick, he's got it. He's going to heal me. If I got problems at home, he's got it. He's going to take care of it. If I'm having trouble at school, he's going to take care of it. He is my refuge. He's my stronghold. That's, and I find that strength in that secret place. It's in his word. It's in the word. And in Isaiah, it says, The steadfast of the mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord. Be steadfast. That means what's your, what's your mind supposed to be thinking of? Should I think of, you know, this time of year it's the, the scary movies and stuff. And you know that we really shouldn't feed ourselves scary movies and stuff. You really shouldn't. You, you need to put peace in. Because what happens is it's garbage in, garbage out. Okay? If I look at something I'm not supposed to, that's garbage in. And then what happens is then I start speaking that stuff. And I know it's really hard in today's society, but let me encourage you guys that if it's garbage in, garbage out. So we praise you right now in the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, Lord. Lord, I thank you. You are our strength and you are our refuge. And we give you praise and glory and honor right now in Jesus' name. So guys, I want you to look at me. I don't want you to be distracted because, you know, that's the enemy. It's garbage in, garbage out. It's the things that the enemy wants to do to keep you from hearing the word of God. Okay? So look at me. Psalm 23. Okay? And you guys know it. I know you guys do because we sat in class. So in the secret place, okay? So my soul waits in silence for God. So I'm quiet and still. Okay? So when I'm quiet and still, it's not that squirrel that's running around the wires, right? It's quiet and still. But God is my rock and my salvation and my stronghold, and I won't be shaken. So then, resting and trusting. Rest and trust kind of go hand in hand. Now, what does trust mean? That means if I tell you that I'm going to do something, you trust that I'll do it, right? Say, I'm going to come pick you up at 6 o'clock. You're going to trust, eh, she's going to be there at 6 o'clock to pick me up. Or if I say, I'm going to try to buy you a pair of tennis shoes, 
I'll buy you a pair of tennis shoes. But I, I trust in that. Well, I have to trust in God that he is that the one that I can trust. You know, God is not a man that he should lie. You know, God will never lie to you. Now, people will disappoint you, and I will tell you that. Parents will disappoint you. Friends will disappoint you. But God will never disappoint you. He is not a liar. Did you know that? You know, God can't lie. So then if God doesn't lie, who's the guy that lies? The devil. And it says in the word, the devil is a liar. And you know what he is? So when you hear that word, you know, whoa, wait a minute. Um, that's a lie. Who's talking to me? So you got to get back to that peaceful mind and that resting and resting and who's talking to you. So in Jeremiah 17, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is in the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will turn green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. So I love this. I have always loved blessed is the man like a tree because I like nature and I like trees. So if you ever go down to the river and you look at this big old tree, and some of those trees by the water are pretty good size. They're not out in the field where they're all dry and got drought, but now I have this tree that's by the water. So tree roots are kind of cool. If I were to take that tree and look underneath, if it's got real strong roots, they go down deep to get to the water. And they have what they call a tap root. It's this big, long root. If you can kind of, you ever pull a carrot up and look at it? That, that carrot is actually a root of the plant. And all those little hairs are little roots. Well, that's kind of the big tap root. You're eating a root when you eat a carrot. But a tree has a longer, of course, bigger root. And those roots are solid. So now when I get this storm that comes and the winds blow, if that tree's rooted, and nothing has gone down and eaten the roots off, or it hasn't aged and died on the roots, that tree will hold. When you look, you know, when they had that tornado of Joplin, some of those trees still stood. Some of them were gone. Some of them it just took the bark off of them. But they still stood. They still stood. So blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust... Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is in the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought. So it's always going to get watered because it's by the stream. So that kind of tells me that if I rest in the Lord by the stream, you know how a tree gets fed water? I get fed by the word. I get fed and can rest in there's my word, you know. You know, did you know that if you ever have a bad day, you can just pray and you can ask God to help you understand the Bible? And it'll, it'll give you hope and it'll give you strength and it'll help you when things are not going so good. And then it'll also tell you how to act because sometimes it's hard to do what you need to do, but it'll say, you know, gentleness, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, I need your life. Self-control, long-suffering. Thank you. Sister Lisa, I just went right. So, so how do I get rest? I get rest in trusting God. 
I have to trust the process. I have to trust that God's love for me is so great that he came. You guys, he came, and he came for every one of us. Every one of us. And you can't just make it happen. You have to trust in the process. You can't strive. And strive means I can't go, I got to go take a nap. I got to go take a nap. I'm going to run. I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do this. But you're striving. You're trying to make it happen yourself. And God's like, I need you to rest in it. You know, it's like if you have some financial woes and it's like, and I did this and this is how I know. I'm a fixer. I can fix it. I can get a job. I can do this. I can do this. But what I ended up doing was striving. I'm going to run. I'm going to do this. And it didn't work for me. And then I want you to know who you are in Christ. And I want you to know who you are in Jesus. I want you to know Jesus. And I want you to know how much he loves you. He loves you so much that no matter how you act, how you look, who you are, you know that his love never fails. People will fail you. Mom and dads can fail you. School can fail you, but God will never fail. Do you know that once you're saved, that means you have salvation. That means that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's over you. He's in you. You're a child of the King Most High. That is how you rest. Now, when I rest, what happens? Remember, we get more strength, right? When we rest, in our weakness, we need rest. So what happens after rest? I love this. There's a new season. After winter, what happens? That is a new season. After there's a season of rest, there is a new season. And I love the, the Psalms. It says, and the trees and the hills will clap their hands. And in Isaiah 50, 12, it says, For you shall go out with joy, and you will be led out with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth in singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Do you know that once you rest, things change? Because now you have joy and peace, and you have comfort, and you know that it's going to be okay. Because you've rested. You've rested your body, your soul, and your spirit. Physical things change. Spiritual things change after you've rested. He restores your soul. He restores your soul. Those things that are broken in you, those feelings, those things, those reasons that you act out, the reasons that you do the things that you do, if you rest in Jesus, he restores that. And joy and peace are present. And you know what? Sometimes you get a supernatural trust, which is really awesome. And you know what a supernatural trust is? I love this. So a supernatural trust is when you have no money, zero, nada. And you're going to say, okay, God, you told me to put this money in the tithe because that's yours. And I did this once, and I kind of struggled with it because I'm being real. And I put the tithe in. I cried, and I said, God, I'm going to trust you. You know what happened? That was supernatural trust. I let it go, let him do it. I came home that day to, Jim had had a gentleman come to the door knocking and said, um, we just butchered a cow and we have some old meat from last year. Would you like it? And we filled our freezer with, um, not hamburger, because he didn't have any hamburger left, with steaks and roast. 
Because that was that supernatural trust that you know that God's going to do it. There's supernatural trust with missionary stories. I've heard it. You know, God told somebody that they were supposed to go somewhere. And the next thing you know, well, the money didn't come in and the money didn't come in. And this man said, God told me to go to the airport at such and such a time and it's going to be there. And he went to the airport at such and such a time and the money for the plane ticket was there because God said it and it was at supernatural trust. So then we have, after rest, what's a warrior do? Now, who's a warrior to you guys? Or a fighter. Like, if you guys were to watch fighting, and I know some of the kids do our video games, what happens? You've got to restore that character. You have to restore that warrior. So when I've rested, guess what? Is that warrior going to come out better? More lives? It's going to come out better. Because now... God, now you've got that extra in you. You've got what God has given you. There's strength for the next battle. Now, resting sometimes comes in cycles. You know, we're supposed to rest, seven, you know, on the seventh day. But many of us don't. So then I like the spirit, man, to rest. How does the spirit, man, rest? You guys ever heard of the Holy Spirit? Okay. You know how I can rest in the Spirit? I can say, Lord, give me your Holy Spirit. Breathe in me, Lord Jesus. And in the Bible it says that the breath of God is ruach. It is pneuma. Those are the Greek and the Hebrew words. It means breathe on me, God. And it's like, Lord, I need more. I need more of you. I need your Holy Spirit. I need you to breathe on me. That's what happens when you rest. When you rest in the Lord and you know who he is, you know that his Holy Spirit is real. And you know you can say, God, breathe on me. Breathe on me. Give me a refill. I need a refill. Pastor talked about the overflow. I can't be a friend and do what God needs me to do if I don't have overflow. Because if I do what I do and what I already have, I'm going to run out. But God said, well, out of this rest, now get this refill. Get overflow. Let me breathe in you. Let that breath of God come and restore you. And that's the sovereignty of God. It's who he is and his love is great. And then my spirit man can rejoice. Because, you know, when I'm not rested in my spirit, I can't stand up and praise. I can push through and praise, but that spirit man that needs to rise up and praise in me, when I've rested, I can sing hallelujah. I can dance because I've rested in God. That spirit man has rested. I can enter his courts with thanksgiving because I know who I am in Christ. was it but so i'm gonna not close quite yet because i want you guys to think about rest and i'm gonna challenge you because first off and foremost do you know jesus as your savior do you know who he is have your sins been forgiven can you rest in that can you lay your head on your pillow tonight and know that if something were to happen, that you would go to heaven? And that's not to scare you. That's to rest and know that I know that I know that I know that I'm going to go to heaven. And it's because I know who Jesus is. He's my Savior. Remember 
He came as a baby. We celebrated at Christmas time. We see Mary and Joseph and the baby, and they put the three kings in at the wrong time, but they're there. Okay? But Jesus came as a baby. And why did he come? He was God's son. God. His son. His only son. We quote it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you know that God so loved each and every one of you? Not just the whole big world. Do you know he personally knows you and knows the hairs on your head? Some of us more hair than others, some less than others. But he knows us, and he died. He came as a sacrifice. Because without Jesus, we would all go to hell. We would go to hell. And you know what hell is? There's no rest. There's no rest. There's no God. And there's no rest. You don't get to sleep. You don't get to rest in Jesus and know that he's your savior. That's what hell is. You know, we see all the cartoons and we see all the movies and fire and all of that. But guys, it's where you never get to rest. You never, never get to rest because you don't have Jesus. So my challenge tonight is if you want rest, I want you to come and we'll pray. Because I believe that God's going to give rest tonight. He's going to give rest to the weary. But he's asking you to come. Come unto me, you who that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are you heavy laden with the sins, with the things that you do? Have you ever asked forgiveness? And it's just not like a, like, forgive me, God. It's repenting. That means to turn away. It means, yes, I struggle and I do things, but it means turn away from those things. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.